Haggai chapter one. Yes, I said Haggai chapter one. It's towards the very end of the Old Testament. If you've gone to Matthew, you've gone too far, go back a couple books and you will find Haggai chapter one. That's where I'd like us to be this morning. Um, we should have slides. We've had so many technical problems here this morning. If you're in line with us, uh, this morning, you may not be able to see the see the the slides or uh, the message notes here this morning. But Haggai chapter one is where we'll is where we will be in this place uh, at this time together uh, this morning. So, um, I've got with me some uh, drawings. My two smallest children have really gotten into uh, freehand drawing and, and creating characters, and and uh, some of this is just. Is just dad being uh, proud of his children. Some of it does have, okay, most of it does have a, I think this is King Kong versus Godzilla, Wiley. Is that right? All right. That's pretty good. Uh, he's never seen any of those movies yet. He's drawn King Kong versus Godzilla. Scout, this is a unicorn, right? Scout drew a unicorn. Um, that's pretty nice. And then we got Venom. So we got some comic book characters. And then Wiley was very proud of this one because it's like a pop-up book. Uh, it's, it's Pikachu. So out of the pokey, pokey ball, did I get that right? I don't know. Um, the reason I show some of these things is because one, I'm always impressed with how creative children can be. I'm always impressed, not with my children, who have far surpassed their father in creativity and skill, but just how you can take a blank piece of paper and create something, anything. Um, you can create characters and scenes. You tell stories with blank pieces of paper. And in each and every one of us, in some form or fashion, maybe not physically with, with, a, uh, with a piece of paper, but we, can, we often take a, a piece of paper and we create. We create lives for ourselves. We create careers for ourselves. We create before us. And one of the things about a young church uh, this church is a little over two and a half years old. And one of the things about a young church and a growing young church is that each and every one of us bring our own pictures to the church. And what I mean by that is, is that each and every one of us have different experiences and different ideas of what church looks like or how church functions. And we bring all that to this place and into this community. We have different ideas. We have different thoughts. And if we're not careful, and if we're not intentional, one of the things we do, one of the things that we can easily fall into is to take our picture of church and we can say, this is what church ought to be like and look like and function like, and this is how things ought to go. And if it doesn't look like this, this isn't, this isn't my church, and we, we leave disgruntled. Church and community, and of that, for that matter, church and community, the body of Christ, is not about you. It is about us. It's about God's people. It is about His children together. 
with all their differences and all their different pictures and all of our different experiences coming into this place. So one of the incredibly exciting things about a young and growing church is that we all bring differences to this place. And that is a good thing. That is a godly thing. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He talks about our, our differences and our different abilities and our different passions and our different skills. And all those differences are good and they ought to come together because all of our experience, all of our drawings, all of our skills brought together bring something new, unique. They bring godliness to the forefront when we, as God's people, know that with one another we can draw something new and unique. This church, and in many respects, still is a blank slate. This church exists because God has brought this church here. And as we as a young church look ahead and think ahead and dream of what can be not only today, but in the days that lie ahead, we as a young church dream of a community that is built solely on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Over the next few weeks, I want us to think about our church community in the form of blueprints. This is a off and on again, and of course the last year or so has been different and we haven't spent a lot of time, but I like when we take time as a community, because blueprints provide a graphic representation of what is to be built. And as a church, we have opportunity to build something unique and special and kingdom godly Jesus focused. And I like as a community, because each and every one of us, guests along with us, and, and members from three years ago, and, and members of only a few weeks ago, come into this place, and we bring all of our experiences, and we have opportunity together to look at the blueprint of what this church is and can be. That this is a blank slate and an opportunity for us as a church to provide or to dream or to plan and to prosper and to work towards what God is calling this community to do and to live for. And that's why I go to Haggai. Haggai is a small little Old Testament book, and Haggai is a wonderful way for us to begin to think about in this season of church life, to think about what it looks like for, for us to look at the graphic representation of what can be built in this place. Because Haggai, the prophet, comes to God's people in Jerusalem, in Israel, and he provides a message from God to God's people. And we do that. We come together out of God's Word to hear and to bring ourselves and to listen to what God has to say in this place. We find value and turn to God when we are together because God speaks when we are together. And so Haggai speaks to God's people. And let's just begin at where it begins in Haggai. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. It's the second year of King Darius. The first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Verse 2, 
This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Let's pause there for a moment. We're going to keep reading, but let's understand why these two verses are important for our context this morning. If you remember the history of the Israelites, after the passing of King David, things kind of get rough for the Israelites. Solomon takes over, and when even in Solomon's reign of Israel, things begin to kind of turn towards the worst. And especially after Solomon's death, Israel split into two, and the long history of Israel is very complicated and difficult because the split kingdom finds themselves often dominated or conquered by outside countries. And so you have this long history of Israelites being enslaved or taken away. And in the most recent history, as we get into Haggai, is that the Israelites had been forced out of Israel. They were enslaved elsewhere. They were put to work elsewhere uh, of the Babylonian uh, uh, conquerors. What we find ourselves, Haggai, is that God's people were allowed to return to Israel. And in fact, in, in 538 B.C., 50,000 Jewish people journeyed home and they began to rebuild the temple of God. This was primary, this was their first objective, 538 B.C. But a couple of years of building the temple, laying the foundation and preparing to pre the, the, the temple of God, the residence of God, we find out that there, is, that there is a stoppage of work because there is a fear of threat. There is threats from the powers that are rising around God's people. So the Israelites stop working on the temple, but the Israelites stay in Jerusalem to live. And in 522 B.C., King Darius comes to power and he says, Israelites, it's okay, you can build your temple, no one's going to stop you now. And what we find out in the very first couple of verses of Haggai chapter 1 is that God's people are not building God's temple. They have left the foundation where it is and they will not work on it anymore. Let's pick up in verse 3. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, verse 4. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? And what we find out in four verses of Haggai chapter 1 is that God's people are not rebuilding the temple of God and God is not happy. That God, you can tell, you know this, I do this as a parent all the time. You ask a question, so that your child will know how you feel about it. Okay, my, my second daughter, Lucy, um, lives for April Fool's. She loves that day. And so recently, the, day, the, the night before April Fool's, Lucy's in the kitchen with Oreos. And I'm like, Lucy, what are you doing? It's bedtime. I'm not eating Oreos. She goes, no, no, Dad, this is for tomorrow. I said, okay, what are you doing? She had toothpaste and Oreos. And she was changing out the filling with toothpaste. And I said, well, that's pretty clever, Lucy. I said, why are you, I mean, and I said, who are you going to do this to is what I asked. She goes, oh, there's this girl. And she's been mean, and I'm going to get her back. 
And I said, are you sure that is the wisest, best choice right now? Now, I asked the question because I wanted her to know, I don't think that's the wisest choice you can make right now, even in April Fool's, right? This is what God is doing. You're doing your life, you're living your life, you're doing the things you want to do, you're living in a very nice home, and you have your life and family together. Israel's in a really nice place. For the first time in a very long time, the Israelites are not being, con- or not being pressured in the way that they had been before. They're not being enslaved the way they had been for many generations. And God's going, is you living your life in a paneled house the best use of your life right now? See what God's doing? Is you living in your house and my house remaining in ruins the best choice for you right now? Verse 5 of Haggai chapter 1. Let's, let's read a little bit more. Verses 5 through 11 of Haggai 1. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. He said a couple of things already through questions. He says, These people say it's not time to rebuild my house. And so I ask you, verse 4, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while my house remains in ruin? Verse 5, give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but you harvested very little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 7. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin. While each of you is busy with your own house. Verse 10, therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth, its crops called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Okay, what is God saying? God is displeased with where his people are. Now we can, let's think about this for just a moment from the Israelites' perspective. The Israelites, generations before them, have come and have difficult times, enslavement for many generations, and they find themselves finally able to breathe, take a deep breath, live life the way they want to live life. And we come from their perspective, you go, you know what, they deserve it, right? But God comes in and says, you are living life for yourselves, not for me. The people are building comfort. The people were building comfort. The people were building for themselves. And we must ask, I think one of the greatest 
most blaring in-your-face questions of Haggai, the book of Haggai, but especially Haggai chapter 1 is, are we making choices for ourselves or are we making choices with God? Are the choices I make as an individual, are the choices we make as a community, are they for ourselves, our comfort, our desires, or are we seeking to make choices with God? I mean, this temple concept for the Israelites in Haggai chapter 1 is not new. There is a great deal of the history that is built, that is spent, that is working towards this temple construction. Because this is where God's Spirit will dwell amongst His people. This is not new. This is not brand new to them. This is not out of the blue for them. And thinking, God, well, where did this come from? This is who they are as Israelites. And God's not asking them to do anything different that He hasn't asked His people to do before. But now what He's asking is, why are you building for yourselves and not building with Me? This church owns nine and a half acres just catty-corner of this school. One of the great blessings of the Heritage Church is that our planting church, Memorial Road Church of Christ, sent this body to this part of Edmond with nine and a half acres debt-free. And what that has done for this church is that it has allowed this young church to dream. It has allowed this church to look at what God has provided and to say, what is it that you want us to do with this God? What is this blessing? What does this land look like for you? And one of the things that we, let's be honest, we have to constantly bring before us as a community is are we doing what we want to do or are we making decisions with God? Because how these nine and a half acres will look five years, ten years, fifteen years from now is totally based on how we answer that question. Because if we're worried about ourselves, like, look, these chairs, they're uncomfortable, I get it. We would rather be comfortable. We'd rather have some cushion chairs, right? And if we're going to make decisions based off the comfort of me sitting in a room versus what the decision of working and listening and discerning the will of God, those answers may be vastly different from one another. And so as a church... We must consistently come back to this idea that God has provided and what is God asking us to do? One of the earliest things as a church that we were able to do is with this nine and a half acres is begin to dream. And dreaming is a process of discernment. Because in discernment, we begin to ask ourselves, what is it? What can happen? And we begin to realize purpose through discernment. Because our purpose influences the decisions that we make. If we see ourselves one way, if we find that we have one purpose, we begin to make and, and, and view ourselves and our decisions through a completely different kind of lens. And so as a church, 
with the blessing of these nine and a half acres, we were very early on able to dream of what it looks like to be a church this part of the world, in this neck of the woods. What does it look like to be an outpost for God's kingdom right here? And that dreaming process continues. One of the early things we did um, uh, by the request of the city of Edmond is we got to master plan out those nine and a half acres. This was step one. And the process allowed us to dream of what it might look like for us to have a church home on those nine and a half acres. And this is one of the earliest um, phase one master plans of those nine and a half acres. And there's a couple of things uh, main, one main thing I'd, I'd like to point out here this morning as, as we start to look at the end of Haggai. That in our dreaming process, and the process of understanding purpose and working through discernment, we as a church realize that God has given us not a place to build, but a place to minister and one of the things that is already happening with our nine and a half acres is that we find that we see today and that we want to continue to see throughout the, the, the rest of our uh, church's existence is that the community uses that land. Because ministry happens in relationships. And so we have built in this idea of, of recreational fields. We want the space to be used for people because people is what God's most concerned about. And that's what God's concerned about in Haggai, isn't it? I mean, God spent so much time getting His people to build the temple of God and work towards the temple of God. But you know why God spent so much time, so many generations early on in the early Old Testament to get the temple built? As Solomon eventually got built. Because he's preparing hearts and minds. He's preparing his people for his presence, his, his spirit to dwell amongst them. In Haggai chapter 1, I think one of the things that, that, that seems to get God upset is that his people don't want to be with him. And the building of the temple is not the building he's concerned about. He's concerned about the hearts and the minds and the spirits of his people. And he wants to build relationships through the temple. He wants to build connection through the temple. And when we dream of what can be for this church with the blessing of nine and a half acres, we dream of opportunities to be God's church, not because of four walls, but because of God's presence and the opportunities that He provides. And so, we must ask ourselves, we must listen to God and give careful thought to our ways. We must give careful thought to our ways. This is diligence. This is caution. This is wisdom. This is taking time to listen and be in the presence of God individually and as a community. God has blessed us already. God, I believe, will continue to do so. Notice in Haggai chapter 1, all the materials to build are already present. 
everything the Israelites need to minister and to move forward and to rebuild their relationship with God are present before them. What does God say in Haggai chapter 1? Go up to the mountain. Everything's there. That's the Travis National Version. All we have to do, all you have to do, Israelites, is move from your comfort and stretch yourselves. And this church is being asked to stretch themselves. January of last year, right before the pandemic hit, we began the 4900 North Broadway campaign. Our nine and a half acres address is 4900 North Broadway. This is a campaign to give above and beyond for the next three years. We as a church are asking once again for this community to stretch themselves for the next three years above and beyond that we can continue to dream and plan and ultimately minister to the community that we are planted. Now, why is this campaign important? One, giving above and beyond to the building fund for the next three years allows us as a church to forecast the finances of the church building, of, of, the, of the building process. The projections give us a clear picture so that we can take further steps in our dream. And so what we are doing is we are over the next few weeks and over the next three years in particular, and Lord willing, there's no more pandemics, we are asking everyone to recommit or come along for the first time to the 4900 North Broadway campaign to stretch themselves, to go up the mountain, God puts it in Haggai chapter 1, to find all the materials for what is and could be with this church. And I want to make a point here, harking back to Haggai chapter 1 and God's call to His people. Notice that God doesn't call some of the Israelites. He calls them all. The you is y'all and Haggai. And God calls all of his people into action. God calls all of his people to invest. God calls all of his people to the carpet. He brings all of his people and his dream of being present and being the God and the center of their lives, not their paneled houses. And one of the expectations of this church community is that everyone that is a part of this community will be a part of this dream of making 4900 North Broadway a church home. Because we are all in this together. So five Sundays from now on Sunday, May 16th, we will have the 4900 Campaign Pledge Sunday. Over the next few weeks, I will continue to encourage preparation and most importantly, prayer for each and every one of us and our families as we recommit or come along for the first time to the 4900 North Broadway campaign as we renew or make the commitment for the first time towards giving above and beyond to make the dream of a church home at 4900 North Broadway a reality. We dream of a home not a building. 
I think that's what God dreamed of in Haggai chapter 1. And that's what I think God dreams of when you get into, say, Acts chapter 1, 2, and 3 in particular. God's dreaming of a home, a place where God's people can dwell and live and share and cry and laugh and play and work together. And the dream of this church, I believe, is a godly dream to build a home where ministry and, and, and the, the work of Jesus can continue forever in this neighborhood, in this neck of the woods. And now the decision of the community. I'm going to skip a couple of slides, Melissa. And, uh, I want to jump, and I want to encourage you to continue and finish Haggai chapter 1 on your own this evening. Because as God speaks to his people, something remarkable happens. His people listen, and they act. And what we find out in picking up in Haggai chapter 12 is that God's people hear God and they begin to rebuild the temple of God. And in Haggai chapter 1 verse 14, this is where I want to end this morning. This phrase, and I'm probably coming back to this because I, I can't get it out of my head and my heart this week. The Lord stirred up the Spirit. The Lord stirred up the Spirit of God, of His people. And the whole remnant, God's people, began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. May the Lord stir up the Spirit within you to dream and to dream big and to dream godly kingdom things. May, the, may our Lord God Almighty stir up the Spirit within this community to be a community that seeks godly, kingdom-focused things. Not a building, not comfort, not padded chairs, but a place where ministry and relationships can happen. Will you come along with God's dream? Ultimately, it becomes your decision. I believe God calls His people in Haggai chapter 1, and He calls His people in 2021 to make that decision. There's a need of any kind. If this church can be with you in any way, shape, or form, pray with you, be with you, help you in any way, please come forward. I'll stand right here this morning, make myself available. Of course, I'm going to grab some coffee. What did Tom call it? Recess? Adult recess? I will be available at adult recess this, this morning as well. Let's stand together and let's see.